seven minutes ago. It was such a strong own. It really yeah. carried They're being environmentally Hey guys, welcome cocky. back. It's Game of Own. We weren't supposed to start just then, but that was too good. Can't stop. Yeah. Can't stop the goo. It was an own that echoed throughout the ages. Exactly. And look who's here, the king of Twitter himself. Oh. Tobias J. McGuffin, a.k.a. Action. Fabio. Oh, there he is. How's it going, eh? See, you're representing winners coming today. Hmm? I'm the best percent. <laughs> That's a good well, percent to be. Yeah, I think so. This is nice. Math is always a good way to start a show. <laughs> yes. Exciting. <laughs> it's Sunday night, and we all just watched the episode. You guys watch Game of Thrones? It's a show. I heard pretty about good, it. yeah. It's pretty good. It's We're on right before Veep. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's that. That's the show that's right on before Veep. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> right? It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to do it. <laughs> I just don't really know what to say right now because uh, I've been over the last few minutes I've been collecting the bits of my face that were melted off in the end of this episode. So one second, let me, let me get the rest of that. I guess was this the most profound wish fulfillment on the uh, part of the viewers? Do you think that basically Danny knew what he was saying the whole time this past mm, couple episodes? That's brilliant. I think so. Yeah. Except for the imp slaps, then yeah. I, I was worried, actually. She took it well, you know, because she seemed like she didn't know. But now I don't know if I feel cheap. I feel like it was cheap because she could understand You it. feel dirty? Is that what you're saying? Like I, feel a little, I feel a little dirty. The fact that, although I will say, Amelia Clark stepped it up, yes. the foreign Valyrian words on her lips, I cannot mm-hmm. picture or imagine <laughs> them leaving anybody else's lips but hers. That was beautiful. <laughs> It was <laughs> interestingly, um, David uh, David J. Peterson, the guy that created you know Dothraki and Valyrian, High Valyrian, Low Valyrian, uh, Giscari, <laughs> uh, all these languages. In fact, he's 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 on another show right now on Sci-Fi. Um, he created seven languages for this new show. Um, Jeez, called, but it's um, damn, uh, it's a uh, it's it's a uh, he, he's he's prolific to say the least. But he just tweeted his profound respect for um, Amelia and how she handled the language of those scenes so he's he's he would know and she knocked it out of the park so powerful i mean it was so i mean she speaks she can turn on the power but when she spoke that language it was like it brought something out of her like a whole new side yeah let's let's talk about that and 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 not to get down to the nitty-gritty but where would she have learned valyrian as her mother tongue because we've only seen her brother who basically raised her converse with her in english so When specifically would she have all of us, you know, learned this, uh, acquired this language that literally nobody else speaks? I don't even think Jorah understood it. Otherwise, I think he would have warned her previously that that guy was, you know, saying things about her. So nobody around her knows that language. Yeah, I think, I think personally that it's like um, someone who is raised learning Latin, as in, you know, if if they're Catholic for what, you know, raised Catholic and they, you know, they right. have to take Latin as a kid. People will tell them, well, this is your mother tongue. This is, this is the tongue you're supposed to know. Yes, we all speak English. That is our common tongue, but you're supposed to know this because this is our language. And I think that's how I relate to, to Valerian with her. It's basically Danny speaking Latin. Yeah, it definitely has a Latin feeling to it, at least. The way it's sort of the old language, it's dead, but some people still use it. I just think they're trying to give Daenerys as, as few English-speaking scenes as possible, so that by the time we get to, like, the third or, or sorry, the fourth or the fifth season, she's not going to have any left anymore. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, she goes from Dothraki to Valyrian. Oh. I mean, What's right, coming right. next? So it's, it's more, do you think they've figured something out? The producers are like, if she, the more exotic we make her, the more 
response we're going to get. Honestly, I think it was just like a kick-ass moment. It was like she had this, because this douche, like all along, she had him. (laughs) She had him figured out. She took- Whoa, wait, respect for the dead, Selena. Come on. (laughs) He fried. He he didn't have swagger when he went down. Respect for the dead and respect for Dan Hildebrand, the actor- playing Krasnus like the worst used car salesman ever. I mean, it was he was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. And I, I really do love that they, it felt a little cheap at first because I had, I had an understanding in my mind that, okay, Danny can really understand this guy. It's pretty obvious because they're making a nice gesture toward this comedy that he's saying things that she doesn't know. Right. They, they made, they gesture toward about five or six times throughout mm. the two episodes. Mm. So I had a feeling, but, but seeing it come for full circle, and seeing Dracaris, you know, shoot yeah. the ball of fire right at his face. Right. It was good. It was fun. When that dragon when that dragon was like thinking that she was going away from it, I swear I heard it. Mother! Mother! I don't know if that was just me, but <laughs> I heard nice that. It had to be. How this was framed and shot and this the the one shot they had of her walking away from it and you have the camera down low looking up at her and over her shoulder yep. you can see it trying to get to her and she's mm-hmm. just walking slowly away from it. just the look on her face and the the sounds that it that it was making the music oh the music don't oh, don't get me started on the music you know what this is like this is like this is exactly i see this like 5 times a day it's the women in the Lakeview area of Chicago, this is nothing bring, new to Eric. Who bring, who, who bring their dogs to the supermarket and tie it up outside for safety, but then go shop for like twenty minutes. You're right. This is exactly the same thing. It's separation anxiety. I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, the, the pets yeah. just howl, and the dogs. And I'm sitting there fixing the red box, so I can't it was really. Hard, it was heartbreaking. You know, it it thought she was gonna leave it, and and you know we kind of did too, even though we knew she wouldn't. No, we didn't. <laughs> Well, we kind of miss- did. We looked did at the I Wikipedia. Miss- yeah. Look right ahead. Did I miss her compa- or not commanding it in any language? She called it its- by its name. Did she then say attack? I. It's, it's happened so recently. I no, Dracaris is-, is the command. Yeah. Oh, that's not its- Isn't its name very no, similar? No, its name is Drogon. Drogon. I mean, did you notice when she said the same thing in the House of Undying? It basically just means fuck it means shit fu- up. In it's basically like Incendio, but <laughs> nice. for Game of Thrones. Uh, I put in my notes here, though, that Jorah and Barristan had an oh fuck yeah moment. They looked at each other <laughs> shortly after this all went down. And you know what it was? So epic. What they were it? just happy not to be holding a whip at that moment. <laughs> She's like, unsullied, slay everyone who's carrying a whip. And they're like, fuck, yeah. like I don't have a whip. Do you like, have we kind of look like soldiers right now. Shit. Uh, <laughs> tell them not us. <laughs> The the entire scene, that entire moment, everything about it, from the from the very beginning of when she came on, because the scene changed just before it was strategic and it was good, and until the very last shot of the entire bit, I was just in awe and grandeur. I was like, bring it on, bring on the music, bring on this crazy shit. I know it's about to get cool. It was yeah. fun. Daenerys kicked so much ass. It was it was great for the people who knew what was going to happen, and and probably I just for. There are, there are a few moments in the show where I wish I was unsullied, so to speak, and didn't know, you know, didn't know anything. And I get you on record saying that. <laughs> oh, shit. You ready to uh, lose a nipple? Yeah. <laughs> Come on down to the studio of goo. <laughs> but I just, I can't, I can't imagine seeing that for the first time and, and thinking, well, damn, she just, she just got rid of a dragon. Mm. Now shit's going to get worse for her. And oh, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And then just going, ah. Oh. 
Well, Tobias, that was, us on the, that was us on the last week. Yeah, I don't know if I drooled Khaleesi, although I probably should have, because this really was a badass scene. But I think last week we were all like, well, okay, clearly she's not going to give away her dragon. I you don't know. know. I, I still, when I read it, like the first time I really thought there was a chance, like you never know what's going to happen. Hmm. Yeah, and like the tweets the tweets I was getting, they're probably at least 40% of the people thought hmm. that there goes the dragon and hmm. they were all mad at her. Oh, yeah. I'm too scared to look at Twitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got on Skype with, with him just now. I was just like, hey, we're about to do the this, this show. How are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm good. I watched all the episodes weeks ago. How are you today? And I was like, well, first off, I hate you. Second off, uh, what's up? And he goes, dude, Twitter. That's all he said. And uh-huh. I'm too scared to look at it now. There was a lot of, a lot of uh, revelry, I think. Yeah, and it was her only scene in the episode, too. Well, no, there was the after. I guess you can consider what happened after a separate scene, but her freeing of the slaves then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Them into battle. I, I could see that coming too, I guess, but I don't know. It was symbolic. It's obviously very important to her that she has free men fighting for her. That's just, that's just what Danny stands for. And you know what's interesting about that is that that scene came straight after the Brotherhood Without Banners. And I think that's so funny because when you think about it, Daenerys and the Brotherhood really have very similar objectives. They fight for the downtrodden. They fight for freedom. They fight for, they protect the innocent, don't they? They rob from the rich and they steal from the poor. Exactly. Wait, no, that's robbing the shit. <laughs> He's probably one of them. You're thinking once upon a time now, Zach. Yeah, my bad. Um, I confuse all these genres, but, yes. But, but, but I guess speaking of the Brotherhood Without Banners, can you guys explain to me if there's any possibility that Beric Dondarrion, who lost an eye, no longer has any depth perception, could go up against the mountain and win? Or the hound at win. I, I don't think anyone thinks he can, <laughs> other than some sort of trickery. Right? Is the I whole see. god thing like if 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 the gods will yes. it, then it will happen? True. Yeah, That's I thought what they were going to make, make Arya fight there for a second. I <laughs> yeah, was they like, were like, hmm? she may be the bravest. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, well, I do have. <laughs> she she is the bravest because she's fighting you, hound. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> So you may win, but uh, <laughs> it's up to the gods. Well, I have it's to say, up to the gods. Micah, Micah's name was used. So yeah. I love go. they brought that back. I got little yeah. chills. I was yeah. like, oh, they're talking about a guy. He's on our show. Yeah, they name dropped him again. <laughs> I was like, it's bringing yeah. it back to life, you know? Yeah, I loved it. Arya just threw down in this scene. She mm-hmm. laid it all out there. Looking older. You guys notice that? Maisie yeah. Williams looking a little bit older. A little bit. Kids are growing. Going back to uh, what Eric said before, though. Beric referred to himself as a ghost. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Great. We have ghosts now in this show. There's ghost people. You just asked, would he stand a fighting chance against the Hound? Beric yeah. the man, perhaps, would not. Maybe he would. You never know. True. Yeah, he said uh, he was reborn in the light of the one true God. Okay. Okay. And no, Melisandre did not give birth to him. Does that entail? Does that entail? Because I know that's coming next. A trip through her legs. Daddy. (laughs) How was the war? (laughs) It was exciting. I always love when we have new episodes. These are these are fun things to do. It's it's a shame that we only get ten of these a year. I know. Like, Mm. are we gonna get half seasons eventually? You think? Like it'll it'll stop because we already know that shit's getting split up so much. Like, do you ever foresee that? Do you, I mean, is the show more likely to go 10 years or to go eight years with two, you know, weird jam-packed years? I don't, I don't think that you could shorten it up later on just because, you know, if you're looking at these books currently being 1,200, 1,500 pages, they're not getting any shorter. Mm. So I, I think that you, 
you still have to give it the same amount of attention and you still have to split it moving forward because if you split book three, how do you not do the same for four or five? That's know, what I'm saying. Moving yeah. forward. But they probably will split it differently though because you know they split book four and book five up based on characters. So we're going to have like three seasons that are between books four and five mm-hmm. or something like that. I mean, I think it would make sense if they did like a fall season and a you know, and a spring season, but I think though that so much goes into I mean, it's it's so much goes into the production of this. You know, the scouting of locations, the building of sets. I mean, it's crazy. They pour so much into this to get, you know, granted it's not about how much time you use the actors because compared to most shows, these actors don't really have that many scenes because we have so many characters. Right. But, you know, I think as far as, you know, plotting it out and getting, you know, the scripts where they need to be and getting the locations and everything, um, I, I don't see how you could, how you could do that. What's right. interesting though, is that they have said that they, I mean, if it comes to it, they won't wait for George R. R. Martin. They might finish first, which I just think is an interesting idea. It's like, (laughs) what? (laughs) I don't like that, though, if I'm the author. No, me neither. (laughs) I don't like that. I'm okay with it. It's something something that that was in their initial discussion and something he signed off on. So, you know, whether or not he's okay with it, you know, it, you know, the show becomes, the the show is HBO's property. It's not his. Yeah. Something I wasn't okay with was- The scene that took place beyond the wall. Really, I I was not a fan. Oh, you you mean like actually it happening? I thought you meant the way they did it. No, <laughs> no, no. I do mean the way that they did it. I thought it happened way too quick. Oh, really? Right. I did. You know, you're right. They could have showed the sort of abandonment, the fact that they were kind of given up on their plight inside of the Might's Watch, even on the first episode, and let it drag at least a little bit of build up before they just revolted. I just felt like Old Bear was dead way too fast. Yeah, these guys seem like cowards as a result. We got little flickers of their worst feelings, like that guy who comments, I never knew Bannon could smell so good, you know, when they're (laughs) at his bonfire. Like, these guys are starved, but I didn't feel like that was properly built up. And, of course, they then act on those feelings. And, I mean, the guy completely honorlessly kills Old Bear. It's – it's well, they did did sort of plant the seeds of – that's Rast. He's played by Luke Barnes. Um, He – um, he uh, planted the seeds, at least in the first episode, just by picking on Sam the way he did, you know. What was confusing and, um, about that was it was Sam, right? Old yeah. Bear always seemed like a completely different league. Like, just because they'd pick on Sam, right. they might even kill Sam. That has, like, the fact that they would kill Old Bear, that's like a completely different thing, you know? I, right. I, I, I do see I do see what you're saying, but I think that, I think they kind of also wanted the mutiny to sort of be a surprise, mm-hmm. to be kind right. of a punch in the gut. And if you, if you, you know, if you have too many people seen as, you know, plotting some sort of something malicious again, like people could see, they could, they could watch the show and say, you know what? I think Craster's about to get it. Craster, mm-hmm. you're fucked. Sorry, dude. You know, cause <laughs> he, he's been, he's been deserving of it over a year now. So, you know, so that happened. I don't think they expected the old bear to get, you know, to his, get his ticket punched. So that happened. And I think they, I think they wanted that to, be the surprise that it was. When you go back and listen to that, to see that scene, listen to the music again and the themes that they've built on with the Night's Watch. And I just can't, I don't want to, I know some of you are not book readers, so I don't want to forecast too much stuff, but there is a scene in the future that will take place with 
part of this group or a remnant of this group or something that I can't wait for with this music piled on top of it. I'm just going, oh man, that is going to be good. <laughs> the way that they built on Daenerys' theme at the end, and you know, you saw after she after she freed all the Unsullied, and they played her theme, but it had drums over top. It had it had uh, it had um, a choir over top of it. Just and these kind of really weird. I don't know what that warbling instrument that uh, uh, the composer Ramin Jawadi, who by the way we um, we are trying to get an interview with right now, and that may be in the works. We're really psyched about that if we get cool. That. But um, yeah, I, I love his work, and he's and but the work that he put into the the layering of building up. To this point, with certain things and with certain themes and certain musical instrument choices, it just fascinates the hell out of me. I know I sound like a total music geek right now. <laughs> it's just it stokes me out. I wanted to bring up that this is still. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. This is still kind of. I want to say a small faction of the the Night's Watch as a whole, like the men manning the wall. These are just the Rangers that went north of the wall. Although there did seem to be quite a ton of them at one point. So, like, what percentage of these guys that have just mutinied? are the only hope that the North has or that all of Westeros has for protecting the wall. It's a pretty sizable sum. I mean, when, when, uh, when Mormont said we're marching in force, when he told Jon Snow at the end of season one, the Night's Watch is marching in force north of the wall, he took a good size of their fighting men. He took all the rangers and probably, you know, some of the other, he took some stewards and, um, you know, some of the other, the builders and some of the other people. So yeah, a good, a good chunk of their fighting forces were demolished. Daenerys Targaryen is trending on Twitter right now. I just thought I would throw that in there. <laughs> the correct spelling or I was yeah, the correct spelling. Huh. There you go. People have Google. It works. <laughs> yeah. No, just to go back for a second and talk about that, that particular scene. I feel Mormont is kind of a character in ways similar to Ned Stark, where you know he was this honorable man, and, and at least with Ned, and I know he was a focal character in season one, even if you didn't think that Ned was necessarily going to die, they built up very slowly to his death scene. I feel like there really wasn't much of that for Old Bear. I feel like he just got it. And I, and I know that that happens in this series – but I just feel like he was he was too much of a mainstay to just off him the way that they did in this show, unless perhaps yeah. next episode we get sort of a a moment with him before we move on. I, I just I felt like it was done very, very quickly. Do you think there'll be a small funeral service and they'll say, and now his watch has ended? No. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong to think that? I mean, it's like the rest of the book. But sometimes it's just so fast, isn't it? That's literally what I've heard since day one. Everyone that I've talked to that have read forward in the books, they've been like, the, the thing about Thrones is it will happen. You will not expect it. It will be over. And then you're moved on. And you know what's funny about that? Or not so funny, I guess, but interesting <laughs> is that I remember when they killed off Maester Lewin. And they sort of had that really drawn out. He was stabbed by the weirwood tree. And then like three scenes later, Bran and them come back and find him. And he's like dying slowly. And he has those final words to Bran. And I remember thinking, well, that's really lovely television, but that's really not Game of Thrones. Like that's oh. not how it works because Ouch. George's world is so stark like that. No pun intended that mm -hmm. they don't get there. <laughs> happy sort of wrap up resolutions before mm. people die. I mean, you know yeah, what I mean, I mean? 
with Mormont's death, at least, I mean, he, he basically just didn't want the guys. He wanted to be bene- beneficial. Uh, what's the word? Benevolent to Craster, who definitely didn't deserve it. Obviously, you know, Micah, you draw the comparison to Ned. And in the same way, they're just honorable where there's a world that really doesn't fit them. It doesn't, it doesn't match the world that they're in and the kind of people they are just don't click anymore. They're going to get killed for it. But to think he died doing something so mundane as, you know, trying to protect this loser, Mm um, you know, (laughs) and basically paid for, you know, paid for it with his life. It's very Mm -hmm. unfortunate, but I, I, you know, I wouldn't say that it was necessarily too shocking. Like I said, I I just felt that there wasn't as much of a buildup to it necessarily. And knowing that you have more than one season to tell this book, I felt as if maybe there were just more hints provided to the fact that this was going to happen in the book where there were some things in the the first two episodes, but really not that much that would let you know that this could potentially happen. Right. And that was my whole point earlier, because, you know, giving Sam some shit about his size, that's normal mainstay. That's what we're used to in the show. So I didn't think it was trying to insinuate that these guys are going to revolt and they're probably going to kill the commander. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it it came out of nowhere. But that's, you know, in, I guess in true Drones fashion, even yeah. though in the book it was a little different. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it, it worked for the show because it was so unsatisfying. I'll just just watch it again. I'll (laughs) play it in slow motion. It'll be fine. You know what? We got to start getting used to it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. You know, the one mystery I can't figure out is how the the guy who ended up killing Craster, played by Burn Gorman of Torchwood fame, how he was able to get so clean shaven with his chin. (laughs) That dude had no beard or mustache. Did you see his blade? Did you? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, he looked like the the villain off of First Night with Richard Gere. I forget Prince. I forget his name, but it looks just <laughs> like him. And he was just as clean shaven. You see, what they do is they use their sword only for their face. That's it. That's mm. the secret. That's it. But uh, Sam took this opportunity to <laughs> man up and and Finally. be the baby daddy. To Gilly's kid. <laughs> that he never could be. <laughs> he never could. He's like, this is my only chance to get a woman ever. Ever. I have to rescue her. So Aww. that's cool. Well, hell, it's working for him, right? Yeah. yeah. But he did step up because he stepped in and he said he exactly what every yeah. person on every scary or disaster movie ever should just say. And she listened like every person should listen. He goes, <laughs> right. we need to leave. <laughs> And she was like, "Okay, you know, like they just pieced." <laughs> first, she yeah, gave him his th- first. She gave him his thimble back. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was pretty lame of a gift, don't you guys think? Yeah, it belonged to Once Upon a Time <laughs> I mean, anyway. She was about to give birth. Her dad's her. I dad, ask you this: How baby. many presents do you think she's actually gotten in her life? <laughs> Probably a few. Not, not like that, though. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> she should be grateful for exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> that was knows she's great. getting spoiled. Is what's happening now? The thimble's just spoiled her. Yeah, that's what it was. She's like, Bring me something better back. <laughs> anyway, it was a good episode. It's like you get stuck in these moments, you know, talking yeah. about certain stuff in the show, and then you forget. That Varys told us everything ever. I know. In this yes, what was that? Okay, because we've gone this far into the show. Seriously, we're halfway through, and Varys told us everything ever. I know, out of nowhere, like Tyrion mm. walked into his room, and Varys turned around and went, "Here is my life story." And Tyrion was like, "Um, that's really not why I'm here." But yeah, all right. right. 
yeah, yeah. This is something that I've always wanted to know, and I'm just not going to react on right now because right. it doesn't make sense from the plot. Oh, there's a guy in the box. All right, then. <laughs> I'm just waiting See you for later. More dick in the box jokes, but those didn't happen. <laughs> well, he was a dick, and he was in the box, so <laughs> dick I think box? it's a great joke. What an interesting crate. Yeah, I, I had a feeling there was a body in there. He was too precariously opening it. Like, there were some shit you order on it. Amazon. You're just tearing it open. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming at all. Was that like, was oh. very. That was very Mad Eye Moody, wasn't it? Yeah. It gave me flashbacks. <laughs> it just made me it. think of another crate. <laughs> yes. There are secrets. There's so many secrets. That in this was podcast. very interesting, though, and it's very interesting. Like, how long has he kept them in the crate? Why is he keeping them in the crate? What's happening? Like, what's? I don't. I, I don't know. Well, dude didn't look here. to be in very good shape either. No. Yeah, no. It looked but, like it smelled like shit. If that makes any sense. It looked sense. like he had his mouth wired shut. If that guy did what <laughs> Varys said he did, I leave him in there. But I was more. Uh, taken with this voice, this supposed voice from the fire, because mm. we've seen right. stuff like this before in the books. We've seen stuff like this on the show. Uh, voices in the tent with Miri Maz duel. Um, you know, what the hell was this? So, you know, the sorcerer feeds the fire Varys's private bits, and the fire says, mm, nom, 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 thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's <laughs> freaks lovely. Not, freaks Varys out. He swears off magic. He's like, I'm going to hate magic the rest of my life. And eventually I'll get even and put this guy in a box. <laughs> yeah. As you yeah. do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, he so says whatever. it's why he was eager to aid Tyrion against Stannis. I wonder where the story is going to go, though, because there has to be a point of them telling us this now and showing us this now. This cannot just have been some random piece of exposition. Like, they must be, for the show, going somewhere very specific with the storyline. I mean, story are there going to be scenes with Varys torturing this dude? Because, frankly, I think we have enough torture scenes up and coming. Um, you know, given what uh, poor Eric, the, the I'm I can't even speak further. No, I literally I think I'm I with cheered. you. I'm with you. I think really? I really. Oh no! Yeah, j- just just for this moment, you know. <laughs> I mean, in, in actuality, it sucks for Theon. It sucks so bad. But they took us on a ride, and they took the podcast listeners on a ride too, because we have an inside joke, and it's funny, and a lot of us share it, and it's good. All right, but here we are. <laughs> I thought for a moment that the secret identity of the person that was helping Theon was actually Eric. Like it was going to turn out to be Eric (laughs) somehow because no one knew who he was. But then he takes him. He literally takes him back. And I don't even know right now. I can't even theorize whatever fucked up shit this guy was doing just to give Theon the torture of you're free. You're free. All of these things are happening. (laughs) And now you're back. They may be looking for a confession. Not to mention he gets to stalk and kill all those men that were chasing Theon, and then yes. bring him back, and then blame. <laughs> well, Theon he pinned that on Theon real quickly. He was like, "Oh yeah, hey, they did he it. killed all the men." <laughs> yeah. so I brought him back. Anybody holding Theon captive right now, they would just use their brains. Okay, Theon cannot kill all those men. There is no way that he can kill all those men. I'm sorry, he can't do it. Theon yeah. is a tr- a weak fool, and not to mention wow. he loves Ned. Not to mention he loves Ned, so that that's why. Oh, that you know. took your opinion that was, down. Yeah, on that him? was an interesting reveal, wasn't it? My real father. He said my real father died down in King's Land. It's got to confuse some almost viewers. Almost a tear. Almost a tear. But you know, you I, cried. I'm just, Don't lie. I, <laughs> you cried. Tell us. Just tell us you cried, please. I couldn't <laughs> shed a tear on on that because I I I'm still wondering if how there's about, not. How about the follow up? He said I made a choice and I chose wrong. I you, chose had, wrong. you You know what that reminded me of, and I'm I'm gonna make it draw another phantom uh, parallel here, and I'm not gonna be too specific because it kind of spoilery. But in Lost, in was, one of the later <laughs> seasons, Locke, isn't that very similar? 
Oh, I don't know. That's specific- true. Oh, the locks. Yeah, once you mm-hmm. have that regret wrong. and release, you can die. It's just the shows can write you off because your character <laughs> arc has come full story to where you can. Re- Are you saying regret- that Theon has just punched his ticket? I'm yeah. I'm saying essentially Theon has no further story of any value. It's just going to be gritty and and shitty. It's going to be shitty and gritty. <laughs> gritty and shitty. There you go. There you Theon go. Theon Theon in a His family's not yeah. coming. Clearly they don't care. His dad hates him. His real dad's dead. It's just terrible. We have seen him. Um, what's her face? Asha. Uh, no. Yara. I <laughs> get Yara. Right. Uh, we have seen her in a promo, though. We know she's going to be in the season sometime. Yeah, she is in the season somewhere. I just mm. don't know where. Right. No. Okay. We'll find. Him. I do. I have to say though, I feel so bad for Theon. Like he's such a such a loser, but like <laughs> you gotta feel bad for him because he keeps losing. Oh yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, bad life choices. Exactly. He and chose wrong. He knows it. He admitted to somebody yeah. that he didn't kill Bran and Rickon. Mm. Yes, true. Very, very Here's what good a lot point. of people are theorizing, and there are some people, of course, we don't know for sure because HBO isn't telling us anything, and uh, you know, we can only we can only guess, and we are, I think our guesses are pretty pretty on with this. But um, some people who don't even follow the books are saying, well, this this kid that helped Theon the whole time, he may be the Bolton's bastard son because Bolster because you know, Bruce Bolton, Lord Bolton, told Rob, I will send my bastard son to Winterfell to get Theon for you. And Rob agreed. So where does Theon end up? He ends up strapped to this big X-shaped thing that looks like the Bolton's sigil, you know, the thing that they wear on their banners and their chests. Hmm, and right. um, and you have this one guy who's basically, you know, helping Theon around. Uh, another clue that someone put on Twitter actually was that he said he referred to Theon as my lord, not Milord. So, <laughs> you know, that whole last season, you had the whole discussion between Tywin Lannister and Arya about, you know, if someone is highborn, they refer to someone as my lord. If they're lowborn, it's milord. And he told Arya, if you're going to pretend to be lowborn, you're going to have to use milord, not my lord. And then here we turn around with this kid who's supposedly, you know, mopping the floors and sweeping up that suddenly he's using the proper my lord. And not Millord. So the people have thickens. You know, it thickens. You, people are like, "Oh, that, he's the yeah. bastard." You know who I think it is? I think it's Jack and Hagar. <laughs> Jack and I Hagar. always thought it was the Bolton's <laughs> bastard, though. I just thought that everyone knew that's who it was. Yeah. Well, then also the other oh, fine. Thing All right, a, it's him. A bit of a tip <laughs> was last week when he helps him up. He says, "Winter is coming," which is words of the yes. North, right? The mm-hmm. words of the Starks. Mm-hmm. So. Correct. I, I, see, I made the mistake. I thought that the bastard had captured Jamie and Brienne, and I actually said that on the last episode, so I was incorrect there. So that's what made me think that this was his bastard who actually captured Theon. To be honest, like ever since the guy was cast, people were saying he was the bastard, and everyone was right. he, he was refusing that's to say anything because, because yeah, his name is too big to just be some mop sweeping boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? He was a, he was a, the actor um, uh, Ewan Rion I think is how you yeah, pronounce it. Yeah, that's how you did. Um, and he was in Misfits, which was an excellent show on, in in, in uh, England. Oh. Um, superhero show. It was really good. But um, he played he played a character that was initially very creepy, and he turns out to be kind of good. But um, very creepy. He does creepy really well. Yeah. Well, you can see how twisted he looked at the at the end of that scene. Yeah. He, <laughs> just 
Yeah, gleeful. He was like, yeah, yeah right. Get him back on the X. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> All happy. Oh yeah, yeah, it was really twisted. He just so played Theon like a puppet, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, people were asking. They're like, well, why would he have done that? Just for his own glee, and partially, I'm thinking, yeah, probably, but also because if this is if this is if the order came from his his father, if the order simply was from Bruce Bolton, find out what happened to the Stark kids, however you can, and find out if if um. Theon has backup that's coming that's going to try to look for him. Find out as much as you can. Then maybe if this is the bastard of Bolton, maybe that's the way that he says he's going to go about it. He's going to befriend him and he's going to get him to admit, you know, did he kill the kids? He finds out, oh, he didn't kill the kids. Well, that's a win. So he's thinking in his mind, he's thinking- It's a false sense of security. He's completely yeah, toying yeah. with them. And I never saw this as being something that could possibly be even a um, mangled way of a stark directive, but now I see it. So thank you for that. And I, and I think it makes sense now that this could be, uh, as you're saying with Bolton, um, you know, ordering his son to find out really what happened to the Stark kids because Theon does volunteer that information um, when he's at his weakest. So, but even though this guy may turn out to be the bastard, I still say the guy who's got Jamie and Brienne is a real bastard. Oh my god, that was <laughs> yeah. oh my god! It's so it's so hard for me, you guys. I mean, You're talking I mean, about the uh, the necklace of made of hand. Uh, yeah, there's that, <laughs> oh, but then that mostly was, the the horse piss canteen really just oh did it god. for me. I called it literally. I when it was playing because uh, I said it out loud, hoping that Selena would hear it. I was like, "Hey, I bet there's piss in that." <laughs> literally, and then he was like, "You're the only guy I know who likes to drink horse piss." He's fallen in the mud and shit. He's got a pretty necklace. It's his hand. I have to give I have to give props to Nikolai because that dude has been in the mud for like two years now. <laughs> That's just been his role: sit in the mud. Again, get kicked. Fun. It Sit just looks good, though. I mean, they know what works. <laughs> it's like, it looks, it looks so good on him. Mud is really his color. <laughs> it is. Mud's color. But seriously, what's your though, color? Mud. Mud. <laughs> I know. But mud. seriously, though, Brienne, it was such. It was. It's such. It's so great. It's one of the best things about this part of the series is seeing that. Come on, it's seeing this. Let me just yeah. seeing their relationship develop no. in this way, where you know, first we had them not having any reason to get on except they were funny together and then he reached out and did that thing for her and now they have compassion for each other they have they see each other suffer yeah she's keeping him going she gave yeah. him in this episode she talked him back to some semblance of a will to live they're and like I brothers in before, arms i didn't see it before this episode but she really cares for him it's really it's really awesome i mean it's a great it's a great sort of friendship and you when you have a show where it's, it's as harsh as this it's so nice to see two characters actually yeah. help each other through it, you know? An actual friendship develop instead of, you know, yeah, enemies. Exactly. And it's so genuine. How how those two actors especially, Gwendolyn Christie and Nikolai Kosterwaldo. Mm -hmm. Jeez, just the some of the subtleties you see them them pull off with their yeah. faces. I mean, Brienne's talking to him and she's even questioning in her mind why she's feeling the things that she's feeling, you know, mm -hmm. this, you know, she's feeling sorry for him. She's, and so you just see these wheels turning. It's so good. Yeah. It's brilliant. Definitely. I, I mean, I just remember watching that, that scene and you could see the look on her face was just one of pure horror almost at what he was going through, you know, with his hand dangling around his neck, then he falls off into the mud and the shit. You know, you mentioned Zach earlier, the fact that he's forced to drink horse piss yeah. <laughs> and he vomits all over himself. You know, it's just 
she can't believe what's happened to him, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then when he gets a sword, which I was like, okay, take at least one person with you, please, for your hand's sake. He can't do it, and that is his moment of defeat. He can't even wield a sword anymore, you know, successfully or get anywhere with it. It gets him absolutely nowhere. And his other hand is stepped on until he has to use literally his will to release that sword from his hand. It's just this great moment of, of defeat. It's no wonder he wants to, to die. And when they're sitting by the fire, Bran, or Brienne asks him, you know, what are you doing? He says, I'm dying. Mm. So Right. It was really harsh. It's funny because we actually had just on this topic, we had a, a Twitter comment and I just want to bring it in here because it's so relevant uh, from A.G. Pitt who said, when Jamie was looking at Brienne over the fire and then it cut to Cersei right after that, it, this person says, it makes me think that Jamie is starting to see some Cersei and Brienne. And I was wondering what you guys thought of that because I actually saw it more as he's seeing something in Brienne which he sees in himself or which he sees, you know, it's different. It's not anything like the Cersei thing, you know what I mean? What do you mean, Cersei? I don't really understand. That like he you sees know, like how he sees something. He sees something in Cersei. Like he sees something. You know, he loves. He sees Cersei a good and... fuck in Cersei. That's what he sees. Yeah, but Sorry he also sees a strength, and he sees uh, himself yeah. reflected in all of that. Whereas I think in Brienne, he sees something totally different. Like he's never experienced this before. I think I agree with her. I think he sees two strong women in their own way, and he thought that. The, Cersei strong, the way that, you know, she was kind of mm-hmm. you know, how Cersei is, was the way of being strong. And now he's seeing these traits that he likes in women in this completely different looking, different woman. That's so true. So it's, it's astounding him. I can't help but wonder how important his character arc is in the end, though, because when she asked him why he saved her, they cut away to a different scene. He was like yeah, about to true. respond and have something heartfelt. And then they just cut away, and it was like, oh, okay, I guess we're not going to figure it out. Maybe he didn't answer. But he was going to. Is it possible, though, that he also sees an equal? I mean, mm. he, he views, in in some ways, Cersei as his equal because, you know, they're- The same. The same. <laughs> yeah. And yet, at least in Brienne, he sees somebody who's physically his equal, who, you know, in, from a swordsmanship standpoint, is his equal. Uh, and or could even best him, perhaps. I mean, look like that was the case. No way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you believe right. it for a second? Listen, I'm right. gonna step back, but he's the Kingslayer. All right, <laughs> still the Kingslayer. That's mm-hmm. awesome. You know, what we haven't even brought up yet was um, <laughs> was um, the, the fact that Sansa is getting possibly Loras to marry. Oh, oh my God, yeah. she is very we're excited about, bad about stuff. that. Yeah, she's pumped. <laughs> We were talking in one of the uh, the uh, episodes that we just recorded, the uh, one of the commentary episodes about how hopeful the beginning is versus mm-hmm. the end, and how right. things are where we are currently, how things are so dark comparatively speaking. But this entire bit with Sansa, it was all hopeful. It was flowers and marriage, you know. Right. So yeah. it's not over. That was amazing. It was so great to see, and also you know the Marjorie because Marjorie is so brilliant, and Marjorie just plays everybody. And to see her sort of weave her well, little webs. Cersei. No, yes. or does she? Cersei ain't having none of that shit. I mean, no. has Cersei got any kind of power over Marjorie at none. this point? No. no. That's so isn't that why she went to Tywin? She wouldn't have gone to Tywin about the Tyrells if she could handle them. Mm. Um, right. I just don't think that's something that you do. You know, but 
I, I don't know. I, I just wonder what kind of a happy marriage is in it for Sansa anyway, because Loras didn't even remember her. <laughs> you know, it's just like she'd be condemned to be more like Cersei than than. But be she less doesn't like her. know that, that. Plus, he's gay. That might be a problem yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Plus that. Plus but that. But she doesn't just, know that. She knows that he's the knight she's been waiting for all her life, and he's pretty, and he's handsome, and what have you. You a know, a bit what different I mean? from the books, but it works for the show. Well, yeah, what about so. what about Littlefinger's? plot being completely uncovered by the Tyrells, like you're saying, and this is like sort of the counter-proposal to where Sansa is going in the future. Mm. This will be very interesting. Yeah. I don't know I if it's it. as much the Tyrells, is it, is it Varys who uncovers it? Well, Varys uncovers it, but he brings it to the Tyrells, who I guess have an equal say in where she goes because they're going to keep her and then send her off to be um, with Loras. Right. Well, everyone cares because ever, everyone wants the key to the North, you know, mm-hmm. both the Tyrells or the Tyrells, depending on which character of the show is saying it. <laughs> That's sexual, but I see And, and, <laughs> no. They also, did you hear the, the crowd also? Yes, I, I think they you. were trolling us, right? They're like, Marguerite, Marjorie, Marguerite. <laughs> they pronounced her name three different ways. Yeah, they, they, they threw a Braun in there just for good measure. <laughs> yeah, they did. They're like, we listen to Game of Bones. Braun, Bran, which one is it? You decide. <laughs> it's entire collection of scenes, though. Seriously. Mm-hmm. The, the pacing was, in this episode for me, vastly different than any I've ever seen. And usually they have some kind of a structure, I feel. There mm-hmm. are shows that break away from the model. I guess these, this being one of them, but for the most part, they, they have kind of a rhythm. But for me, you know, all of the bits with Queen of Thorns, there was a, a really great close up on her before she started some dialogue in this episode. I wish I could remember it. It just happened. You can look back and fill me in later, but it was, it felt like a different show for a while, especially the bits where it started with Joffrey showing Marguerite around the castle. Oh, I mean, yeah. That, that was so different than what we've seen, and that was great. Well, that's yes. the interior of the Sept of Baylor, actually, which is great. That's the building that Ned was killed out front of. So now we finally get to see the inside of it. Awesome. Oh, okay. I mean, do you think they just built it for this little tour, or are we going to be inside the Sept of Baylor? <laughs> we'll up be and inside coming? it later. Well, if there are any weddings, they're going to be inside of it. Oh, yeah, okay. The there you go. Yeah. Um, the room was a nice shade of brown, right, guys? <laughs> it was just a brown room. Anyway, so it was good. We can just say that. Yeah. And good, I think, is kind of a... a a low way to describe it because the look on Cersei's face when they opened the doors that they shouldn't have mm-hmm. to talk to the people where yeah. they probably shouldn't have been. That was pretty mm-hmm. cool. I was expecting an archer waiting in the shadows, <laughs> you know, just to kind of take Joffrey out. There's nobody people else. We're hoping. Did nobody else think sign of, of Marjorie's power. I mean, what mm-hmm. she's done, you know what I yep. mean? And Cersei wasn't expecting that. No, no. she realizes no. she's losing grip on her power. Yeah. Right. And her son. Right. Well, that conversation with Sansa pretty much nailed it. And I didn't even look at it that way. She was like, the queen will never let me leave. And she goes, mm-hmm. queen regent, I'm about I'll to be the be queen the girlfriend. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So let's drink some wine and go talk about how the water hits the the shore down here. Let's talk about that some more. <laughs> That's right. And then move on. It's great. No, no, no. It's good. They're building a really, it's so interesting because we, like I said, we've just been doing some commentary episodes and we were talking a lot about how they're using blocking to get rid of some of the exposition that's built up and some of the story. And I think that that was really, really obvious in the Vera scene. You got to do what you got to do. They're doing a great job on the show. Mm. But the utilization of, of the Queen of Thorns walking and talking and get rid of what she needed to get rid of with the Queen and the utilization of it between Joffrey and Marguerite for me, I just thought it was artistic and brilliant the way they pulled it off. And I, it really reigns true with, with Danny's scene. But for this, for me, it was it was pretty solid. 
Yes. Mm. There's something, there's an interesting detail actually that I didn't even notice the first time I watched it. Um, in the books, Sansa routinely goes to a God's Wood to pray. There's a, there's, um, in King's Landing in the books, there's actually a God's Wood and they actually have like an old weirwood tree. So she goes there to pray. And, um, <laughs> the show has no God's Wood. She's never gone to any God's Wood to pray. And yet, in the scene that where Marjorie approaches her, she's kneeling at what looks to be the stump of yeah, a old that's weirwood, a tree. Right. weirwood tree. It was white. It was this old mm-hmm. white stump. I'm like, wow. They I thought it was a rock. That weirwood tree. I know, <laughs> no. right? That's, yeah. what I, I, that's what I thought at first. But on second viewing, I'm like, that's a stump of an old white tree. That's mm-hmm. the only god. That's the only weirwood tree she can find. So she's praying at it. But wasn't there it's one in cool. season one when Ned and Cersei met, or was did, was that just in the book and not in the actual show? Yeah, that yeah, was that in the was, book, not in the show. That was in the book. They did not. They have not. They have not had a God's Wood in the show. Oh, in King's Landing. King's Landing. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, King's Landing. Come on, they got yeah. the budget for that. Just move it from Winterfell. Winterfell's burned down. You just got to take it from Winterfell and move it to King's Landing. <laughs> I don't think it's budgetary. I think it was a stylistic choice. I think they wanted to make King's Landing that much different from the North, and say, so, you know, what? we're yeah. not going to have anything that's going to harken back to the Starks and Winterfell and anything. Yeah, and we're going to go. just to have a stump. So much stronger of a yeah. symbol. There's so much to think about when you're considering what places go where and which dialogue goes where, because the dialogue that was in that particular scene you're thinking of, Micah, I believe it was done in an office or it was done just outside in a courtyard. It was, it was a courtyard. Yeah. 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 It was a courtyard. So the way they utilize it is so different because they think about it. They've already shown this tree in Winterfell. They have no reason to show it, you know, in King's Landing. Like we don't need to see another one. I think everyone kind of gets it. And it's one of those challenges they face with taking the book to screen. And that reminds me so much of their decision to drop the bomb on Sansa about the marriage the way they did here. Does it not seem, because I've read that part of the book, I said that in an episode before, but does it not seem like this was just so much better stylistically? (laughs) From a storytelling perspective, I think it was vastly better than the book. Because when she found out last time, she was kind of just told in the middle of a conversation along with all the other stuff. But this was on a on a beachside walk and like they were all talking about right. being excited and then, oh, by the way, do you want to be my sister? They were yes, they were they let they took the scene, I think, and they said, We have two really good young female actors. Let's let them act. Mm-hmm. Right. And they let them they let them run with it and paid off. Yep. Yeah. I, agree. No, I, I thought it was great. And it's not a normal thing to say about a project that goes from book to screen and to say in a certain case this screen bit really improved the story not just did a good job but improved how the mechanics were so that's cool yeah there was one scene that didn't work for me in this episode and that was the jojen reed and brand's dream i agree with you (laughs) it it just it didn't meet well with the flow of the show at all it didn't even need to be there it, it was like feel ins- a little inserted. It felt like Inception is what it felt like. Yeah. Like he was teaching him how to like build stuff in his dream. <laughs> and in comes that's, Catelyn. That's she really good. Nuts and throws him off a tree. <laughs> and Catelyn just guns. said, promise me, promise me, promise me, promise me. Promise me, Ned. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking <laughs> I too. That was terrifying. I, I didn't was catch that. that. Yeah. Promise me you won't climb. And then, look, the thing of it is, is I really wanted to know, and again, they cut away a little too soon, the fact that when Bran woke up, um, Jojen was there on the other side of the fire, but he was already awake. So I couldn't tell if he they was really like shared... creepily staring at him. Well, yeah, but I couldn't tell if they shared that dream 
or if Jojen can be in Bran's dream when Jojen himself is conscious, if he's like warding yeah, in the warding in the Bran's dream, or if or if he's creating the dream. Like, there's so many different ways that they could, you know, that this could. Yeah, go. or just, they both took drugs at their campfire. <laughs> I don't too. like how much Let's power this Jojen character yeah, back has. Back to the peyote. It's all it yeah. Back to peyote was four twenty. But Jojen is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Full circle. No, I don't think he is. I think he's undefined. Oh. He's ambiguous. He's too He's too undefined at the moment for me to like him. I right. like Too him. undefined. I like the actor. I like his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they still have a ways to go. It's interesting. Someone mentioned something to me that I hadn't even thought about. But because there are so many flashbacks that happen in the books and we get to see these flashbacks in certain, in certain ways, um, the way George writes them. But on the show, they, they, they do no flashbacks. I was thinking – they may start doing them for Bran. They may actually start putting him in these old scenes because Jojen mentioned to him, he said, Oh, you know, I wasn't at the war, you know, that, you know, my father and your father were at, but I've seen it anyway, Mm -hmm. which tells me that he can sort of jump back in time and see these scenes in his dreams, which is amazing. I mean, that, that hasn't been, that was never approached in the books. So, you know, maybe they're going to, maybe that is their, their window, so to speak, their doorway into being able to show these flashbacks in some certain way. People were really mad at the end of last season that Daenerys did not get her visions when she went to the House of the Undying. I mean, the books, that was a very huge part of the books was that all this stuff was revealed to Daenerys, kind of this prophetic um, prophetic information that she, that she had. Hmm. And they didn't show anything. They just, you know, and what I think what some people didn't understand, and they were mad that they didn't get those scenes, they didn't understand that, the way that the show was telling that story that the, the warlocks of the house and the undying did not have the power to grant her those kind of visions. Okay. And all they showed us was what the image, the, the visions that the warlocks Piapri was actually able to give her basically saying, this is the iron throne. You don't want that. Stay with us. Um, this is your, you know, this is your, your um, husband back alive with your baby. This is what you do want. Stay with us. We'll give you everything that you want. Just stay with us. Stop looking for your dragons. Stay with us. <laughs> and it was all it was all based on what they could do. It was them putting thoughts in her head. It wasn't her having prophetic dreams at all. So I'm thinking if they have any chance of showing the whole promise me Ned stuff, that it will be through the Jojen and Bran connection. It makes sense because there's so little of that. I mean, because usually when they when they do anything flashbacky, it's all through exposition. And the characters are just reminiscing. Right. Like I'm thinking particularly about Barristan, Jamie, King Robert talking mm-hmm. about your first kill, yada yada right. yada. But with the stream sequence stuff that they're doing, I guess that's an easy way to boil it down at 10 p.m. on a Sunday night. Uh, <laughs> it is considered actual living i don't want to say living air quotes magic where these things could happen and the the viewer of the tv show especially the casual one will just be like oh that's some dreams that these two have these two are the dreaming people you know right mm-hmm. would would you think um Sean Bean, mark addy would come back for that i'd show i'd sure oh, hope so would that be great it would be amazing but again logistics. although they'd have to i mean if you're going if if you're going back to the promise me ned scene i mean you'd have to You'd have to unage him like fifteen years. Absolutely, but you'd still you'd still have to get them. Like you couldn't just get young actors because that's too right. It's too close. I think you know that would be a bad idea. Right. That would be weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying no to it. But though. what did you feel as far as it fitting the flow of the episode? Did it work for you? Did it? 
not work for you? Was of it- all the scenes, I think that was probably the, the weakest. Yeah. For me, though, I was just like, this episode is so strange anyway. Bring it on. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I see these with an open, completely open heart. I'm just thinking, what can you guys do this week that'll make the internet trend you in two different languages, all right, <laughs> on Twitter? That's what you need to do. What I thought didn't work so well was that we had a, the brand scene. It was so short. It was just him climbing and falling down. First of all, yeah, there was no fallout. There was no catching up on it. It was no, what does it mean? There was no discussion about it afterwards. There was just nothing. And then also we had Catelyn appearing, but she didn't have any scenes in this episode. This episode really wasn't about the Starks, well, except Sansa and Arya. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, it, Catelyn and, and Rob didn't appear at all. So that meant that her appearance didn't, that felt out of place to me more than anything else. What did you think? Uh, what did you think about them continuing this? grand tale of pod's um oh my god (laughs) (laughs) enough fabio brought it up all right it's gonna be a running joke throughout every episode for the rest of the season it's gonna be a mystery yeah for the rest of the season i'm not trying to break the fourth wall or anything you know what i'm saying between our magic power everyone's getting magic powers okay (laughs) magic is reborn in the world so this is the one that pod gets what is happening in this he's a fine bedfellow when he was like, yeah, it's talents come at a strange time and in strange ways. Here they are. <laughs> this is like the longest con the show has ever done. It's like, how can we troll the, the audience? Like, what is happening Sawyer here? Sawyer pops out. Either, yeah, exactly. Either it's the And then they're like, Jamie, you're back. Um, but so seriously, though, either Almost this is the beautiful. worst, like it's the longest setup for a really, really, really lame joke. Um, or else it's they're actually setting this up to be a real mystery. Like maybe something is actually going on here. Maybe this is some long con by Littlefinger. I really hope. I'm glad you you felt the same way about it as we did. Because like none of us are sticklers. Like we're like fine. Bring on the sex jokes. That's cool. All right. We make a show about Game of Thrones. It's the first cool. season. The, that you know that Roz scene with Littlefinger and play with her ass scene. I, right. I found that high comedy. People hated that, but I was like, "Are you kidding me? That was hilarious." I mean, that was pretty funny. Yeah. But this this is this is it's kind so of random. We t- and we talked about it before. The timing's off a little bit. I feel like, and 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 it didn't it just feel forced into this episode. Like, hey, yeah. no, I thought it was. I thought it was a funny way to open up the conversation between Varys and Roz because they're like tattling. Roz is from the those parts, and uh, you know she was just uh, having a mm. she was breaking the ice with Varys. You know, warming right. up to the conversation about Baelish. So yeah. I don't, no, yeah, it was definitely out of place, but I wouldn't be surprised next episode to all of a sudden have Baelish bring it up somehow in conversation. Yeah, I'm Please sure they're going to reveal it now, because like, it was just a one-off last episode. It was like, fine, whatever, open to interpretation. They brought it back for a second episode. There has to be a point. Either <laughs> there, has to be, there has to be a point. <laughs> no, has I, to be. They truly Meanwhile, are back at us. home, Daniel Portman <laughs> is just grinning from ear to ear for the past <laughs> few weeks. <laughs> He's just like, yeah. I feel like if they didn't bring it into this episode, it would have been too late. Too much time would have passed to bring it up on the next one. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's re- going to be a recurring thing. I just think they kind of had to close it a little bit better than they did. Well, it's definitely not going to be recurring, but it did recur. Though. I'm sure it's, it's going to recur again. It, did, yes. I, it will. They have to. At this point, they have to tell us. I mean, I know everyone's saying, you know what? It was just Tyrion paying him off. At this point, <laughs> they have to say either, oh, Littlefinger planned this to, you know, make Tyrion confused or, oh, Tyrion paid. Like, they have to now. Cause, like, no, they don't. Roz, so said that t- Roz said that Littlefinger didn't notice at all. That he, okay, that he- but no, we look like... P- 
pod cannot just walk into a whorehouse and perform so well that they Selena, don't take Don't be jealous, money. okay? Yes, he can. Podrick, it's great. Yeah, you he wish you were did. half the lover that Pod was. Yes, that's the problem. That's Look, the problem here. If it, if in a couple of episodes, Sir Barristan turns to Jorah and says, "Hey, did you hear about this guy, Podrick?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking done. That is too good. Oh. Khaleesi, play tale of a man He's that could like be a king. Dothraki stallion. He could be king. I mean, they're gonna be like, yeah, it's like Hodor's eyes. This is. The horse look at, at Podrick's junk and they're like, you must be Ned Stark's bastard. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That well, I hate to say oh this God. now, okay, because it's only X amount of episodes. We're over four episodes into the series right now. This, this <sighs> well, new we season. six left. So, right, which I and I think it's a horrible time to say this now. Eric, what percentage is that? <laughs> yeah, what percentage is that, Eric? Uh, what, four out of ten? Forty. 10? Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, easy. Selena, you stole my thunder. I'm okay. sorry. You're, and okay. she was the one who said it was too late to do math. I just wanted to hear him say it. You know you have to title this episode Fun with Math, right? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Might as well just go ahead and do it right now. No, but seriously, uh, the thing I, I feel bad about saying this early, is I think we have our first contender for own of the season, honestly. I what, Depending what on how this turns out. Yeah. yeah. I think we have our first contender, at least. Yeah. And you know right. what? You know what's like, even if this turns out to be like some ploy of someone's, like we've been talking about this. This is the second week that we've been talking about Podrick for like 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, come on. He we got still got a Friday episode. He's attention too. in the books, right? He's going to be in the next Fast and Furious. Yeah, he's going to be <laughs> starring. That's going to be true. Yeah. Seriously, they're setting him up for big things. Right. <laughs> They're no like, just give, give people, let people talk <laughs> yeah. about Podrick now. Yeah. <laughs> but you know who else I thought owned this episode? What? Honestly, Varys. I thought he was awesome in the three scenes that he was in. He mm-hmm. was very good, but I think the Queen of Thorns owned him. Oh, yeah. Give you. Give you. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the Thorns. best line of the episode may have been, grow strong. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was so <laughs> sassy. Like, My along. chamber pot has a rose on it too, but it still <laughs> yes, smells like shit. <laughs> Brilliant. She really doesn't like roses. She bitched at that girl for constructing a rose. <laughs> She's sick of roses. Wouldn't you be? She's like, I worked for hours on this. And the most brilliant thing was when she went, winter is coming. Now that's memorable. Like way to yes. be like, yeah. wink, wink, right. audience. That's what I was, uh, I made a point about that um, the first week, I think, or at least the first episode she was introduced. I think I made it to you, Eric, where we were saying like, this is a character that somehow conceptualizes and embodies what we feel like would be most comfortably compared to a person from our world, like a Mm. modernized person being Mm. stuck in this world. She's just walking around at these places, just basically going, what the hell is everyone standing around for? You guys look bored as hell. You know what I mean? (laughs) What is happening here? Plus, she did utter winter is coming, which means the Game of Thrones drinking game is on. (laughs) So Dave and Dan are just trying to get everyone drunk, essentially. Yep. That's that's the whole idea of the show. You start out the show, you get drunk, and by the end, it's amazing. And they're like, <laughs> ratings. <laughs> I also like. I also liked how she said, "Yeah, they were talking about how Ned Stark was a great man, but but she called them out. She's like, well, where the hell were all you guys when he was getting executed?' Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. You guys. I mean, she calls. She's then. amazing. She really calls. You know, truths, which is which is so great. Well, who thought Brerick Dondarrion would be showing up again? I did not. Well, I th- apparently the Hound did because he said his entire name as that never happens. <laughs> did anybody think the Hound was going to lose his teeth at some point during the episode? Why? Or is that just me? <laughs> he did t- t- speak very toothily, you know? <laughs> yeah. mm. 
I don't know. But I think it's just me. because we're not used to seeing him give so much dialogue. That's, that's probably right? it. Yeah. This is this season's by far the most dialogue that Rory McCann has had. Hmm. It's been great though. I thought he was great, absolutely wonderful in this episode. And that honestly, that entire exchange was just something that I was welcoming because I think it added a lot of much needed depth to the show. And it let us see the Lost Boys, you know. I guess if that's what you want to call them, or, or <laughs> they were they were that was a really, really cool group of people. The band of merry men. I was digging Barrack's armor. It's like a leather surcoat with like <laughs> ring mail over it and then like had that collar that kind of flipped over. I was like, oh that's badass. I want that for cosplay. The hound goes. Ah, Beric Dondarrion, fancy seeing you here. You know, like, <laughs> is that normal? Is that what they do in shows? Did I did I lapse and think that that was weird? Because I no. saw that and I I literally laughed when I heard it. I mean, that's they what have they to do in shows. remind the audience. It's it, you know, you, there's a certain point you have to lead the audience. But Game of Thrones usually does it more elegantly. You're right. Exactly. It's, Plus, it's a different point. actor, so you know. <laughs> Right, right. They have to go, well, he's a yeah. completely different guy. You're clearly not going to remember him by his face. So, Well, Tarantino you know. does a great job of just cutting all of the bullshit out in his movies by doing a freeze frame and a big title card of what their name is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Barrick, Don Darian, just bullet shells fly out. Oh, my God, you guys. Could you imagine if Quentin Tarantino directed an episode of Game of Thrones? Like, what Bring kind of it on. Someone needs to do about that. Red Insane. fucking wedding, Quentin Tarantino. Let's Game see of Thrones, lay the gauntlet down to, to your tongue. To your t- Twitter followers, your Tumblr followers, your YouTube people, make, make them make this so. Yeah, that would be the shit because he's mm-hmm. also great with scoring. You know, the, the, his directing is great. You know, who was also great with scoring. Oh no, Pod, uh, Podrick. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's about time for Owens of the episode. Yes. Owens. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. I agree. Owns of the episode. All right. I'm. I gotta go with the one that I the, that I brought up. I gotta go Queen of Thorns and grow strong. Grow Brilliant. strong. Grow. Grow hard. Go hard, <laughs> except for Varys. Um, yeah, don't. I- I'm going to go with Varys. The way he was telling his story, you know, like from the slums to the small council chamber, I wrote in my notes, this is like watching Batman get born. So, <laughs> don't know why. I just felt like he was, he had a really good moment there where he told his life story. And I think he's really showing up to be, showing himself to be a hero. So, he owns. I think it says a lot about you that you look at Varys and you see Batman. <laughs> But okay. <laughs> well, I you know who else I thought was Batman for a moment? That sadistic motherfucker with Theon jumped over the hedge and he vaulted it. And I thought that looked a little bit like Batman, but I'm not going to give oh, him an own. Interesting. Um, he did own, though. You can't, own. you can't deny that. Um, but yeah, you're That's right. Awesome. I feel like I, I feel like since pretty much everyone who follows us on Twitter has given the own to Danny. I'm not going to do that because that's kind of self-explanatory. I'm going to choose a quote from Brienne, which was, which was really, really great. She said to Jamie, you had one taste of the real world where people take important, where people have important things taken from them and you whine and cry and quit. You sound like a bloody woman. And it's coming from her. I mean, how and brilliant. she looks at herself like, shit, I said that. Mm. Oh, she's not going to get away with it, though. I thought that was brilliant. And such a such a great wake-up call for Jamie. Like, grow some balls, dude. You know, in lieu of your It's hand. just mud. <laughs> yeah. You might need an extra ball now. That's all good. I'd have to, uh, you know, I mentioned him earlier. I have to give it to Varys. I think he, even though he wasn't in this episode, I, I think he completely owned Baelish. And (laughs) when he said specifically, he'd see this kingdom burn if he could be king of the ashes. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. I was just looking at that quote in my notes, actually. That was brilliant. 
Uh, well, I think I'm going to give my own to Brienne because during Woo-hoo. the episode when Jamie is getting, he dropped first off, he fell face first into a puddle. That sucks, right? But after the bad shit starts happening to him, she's captured. She's on a horse. At the end of the day, she's going to get away with anything because she was working with Kat. And I believe that once she is taken back to wherever they're going, it's going to be one of those like, yeah, let her off. She was just doing her job things. But she kind of just blew that out of the water when she jumped off of her horse still tied up and tried to defend him. So Mm -hmm. she gets the own for acting ridiculous and awesome. Mm -hmm. And... Also, Danny gets the own for destroying the world. So, oh yeah, <laughs> Danny should get honorary own. Oh, yes. she should just yes. she she just has the own. Like these are all secondary. Like Danny owned yes. everything. But if we so, didn't like, have such a, a a genius scoring this episode, any song by ACDC would work behind <laughs> yeah. the chain. The chain fires going off, I would and help. I'm thinking like, yeah. no, you just need to play Kanye West Power right at the end of that. It's just gonna be like, ah, uh-huh. that'd be that'd be tight. Just replace it on your own. It'll be. I good. do think. I do think there was a Tywin quote that was great as well when he was talking to um to Cersei and he went, um, "I don't mistrust you because you're a woman. I mistrust you because you're not as smart as you think you are." Mm. That was Boom. like wow. <laughs> the best part. Very judgmental about that entire scene is just how you just kept writing. You need something <laughs> yes. like per- anyway, <laughs> right? And then he had to seal the letter with the wax, and he was just doing that slowly. And at one point, he was blowing sawdust off the. I don't know if he was. I don't know if that's medieval whiteout or what. He was just like. No, they had to. They had to um, blot the ink, or once you folded it, it would. It would get all messed up. So that was their right. way of okay. quickening that process. That scene is actually on TV right now. I uh, I'm looking at Twitter right now, and we've gotten a ton of these. And as you guys know, that over the past couple of weeks, we've really picked up a lot of these in the mailbag on Friday. So we're probably going to end up doing the same thing now because we're running a little bit late. But I did want to say something that I saw, and we'll mention a few of these. But uh, just here on the top, tweeted very recently from Gordy Walls. He tweeted this. He said. I screeched in the last scene, and my roommate knocked on the door to see if I was okay. Does that count as an own? I People? would say so. <laughs> well, own on his so. part for screeching, or the roommate for caring? <laughs> I think the roommate the, for the, caring. Yeah, the roommate gets yes. the own. I'll start us off here with Rose Sanders, who apparently she gets a joke that I don't. She says, "Ha ha, burnt penis." <laughs> <laughs> game of Thrones, Game of Owns. So there you go. Probably the guy at the end. I mean, I'm assuming that he was a man and had a penis. Oh, I'm sure she's he... talking about Varys. <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> or either or, you know. I got one here from at Hadsterific, owner of the episode Smiley Face. She sends us a picture, or he sends us a picture, of Daenerys with the caption below saying, Valyrian is my mother tongue. Total nice. babe. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Just throws it down. Um, we were getting some the usual hate for Joffrey. I have um, <laughs> the VA socialite said, Cover your she ears, tweeted, Eric. I can stomach Joffrey more than I can stomach Justin Bieber. <laughs> you know that's oh. ironic <laughs> it's ironic listeners know <laughs> i've got a, a joffrey one here as well from laurie likes lemons who said joffrey managing the, the own is joffrey managing to face his own people and not get literal shit thrown at him <laughs> yeah well done marjorie for that one i'd well say done. yeah we we hinted at this earlier there are quite a few um tweets we've gotten owns for danny but actually, mm-hmm. I got an interesting question I wanted to bring up here from Ag Pitt, and they say, is Daenerys going to pay the Unsullied now that they're free? Interesting. No, 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 I don't think so, because she's just like, you can follow me for free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, sounds so like a good deal. Yeah. yeah. You can have the honor <laughs> of standing for something. Who gets to feed them? 
They're going to yeah, take right? care of themselves, right? It's going to be a problem. Jorah's the cook. Phyllis Ashley on Twitter literally just tweeted this. She goes, I just peed my pants. <laughs> I knew what was coming and I nearly peed my pants. Fucking Daenerys and other expletives. I love her at Game of Owns. Well, that's we, we felt the same thing, but I don't know if any of us peed ourselves. <laughs> it's true. I can't say it for was, sure. When the, um, because, um, uh, Ewan Rion, the guy that plays the boy who was helping out Theon for a while, because um, every time he was on the screen, you had all these misfit fans basically sending out "I love you" and tweets and uh, you know all this stuff. And then of course he turns on Theon, and um, this one this one tweeter tweets, "Where is all in caps, total caps lock? Where is your god now, misfits fans?" Wow! Wow. There's a lot of ownage in this episode. (laughs) It's true. Twitter is a place that exists where you can send these things. We got a couple. What's in the box? I I thought that. I almost tweeted that out. You see, people look at the tweets while it's live. Actually, X Shucker puts together what I would like to call the internet's most exclusive and complete Twitter breakdown of Game of Thrones. And he does Thanks, it every sir. week Thanks. now. Every week. Takes me takes me two days to write, but it is so worth it. The best parts about it is you, you think you're opening up something that's like, oh, it's going to be a, this is a news story. Let's see what news is here. You open it up and he's he's writing to the reader and he says, he's basically just like, listen, ass bag. I know you've been <laughs> tweeting. Here it is. Here's your <laughs> tweets and everybody else's. And it's pretty funny. So it'll be good. It's uh. Strange how talent comes in the most odd places in the odd times. <laughs> and when you, when you do send us your tweets, you're, of course, doing so at our appropriate Twitter name, which is Game of Owns, in case you were wondering. Game of Owns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that name, coincidentally, happens to be the same address you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Game of Owns. And if you want to email us, this is the part where it gets tricky, guys, so pay attention. If you want to email us, that address is contact at gameofowns.com. That's true. It is confusing. That's crazy. And if you want to uh, head on over to iTunes, where you most likely downloaded this show, we'd appreciate you leaving us a rating and review. Uh, Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. And uh, this week's, uh, on uh, Friday's episode, I believe Sam will be stopping by the show to share some of your most recent reviews with us. That's how I do it. iTunes, five stars. Mm -hmm. Boom. You see, you've heard it. This is from someone else. People do do it, guys. And if you want to check out Mr. Fabio, I don't even know what nickname to call you nowadays. Fabio. I'm like just going to different ones. If you want to, <laughs> Axe Chugger has a Twitter breakdown. It's at winnerscoming.net. It'll be there. We'll be there. We'll all be there. Till next time, gentlemen, ladies. Are we calling it? Is this what we're doing? We're called ding, ding. My name is Zach. I'm Selena. I'm Micah. And I'm Eric. Fabio out. <laughs>